Welcome to Caregiver SOS On Air, presented by the WellMed Charitable Foundation with nationally known gerontologist Carol Zernio and veteran broadcaster and attorney Ron Aaron. This program provides health, wellness, and other information for caregivers who are vital to the health and well-being of so many people across our country. Now, here are your hosts, Ron Aaron and Carol Zernio. Well, thank you so much, and welcome to Caregiver SOS On Air. I'm Ron Aaron and Carol Zerniel on special assignment today, but never fear. We have Tina Smith in who is pinch hitting for Carol. And Tina has been our guest co-host on a number of occasions, always does a fabulous job. She is steeped in aging and gerontology, has spent a lot of time at the WellMed Charitable Foundation and has had years of experience working not only with caregivers, uh, but those who are going through what we all are going through, and that is the aging process. And Tina, thanks for joining us. Absolutely. I'm always always glad to come. I appreciate the opportunity to be here and uh, just have this conversation uh, about caregiving and, and all that's going on. What is it that attracted you to the uh, whole field of gerontology, seniors, caregiving? Yeah, honestly, it was uh, just, uh, you can call it coincidence, you can call it fate. Um, I got my first job out of college. I was knew I needed to go to grad school, so I was looking for anything at that point. Just wasn't sure what field or what area I wanted to get uh, to go in, and I got a job in a nursing home uh, as an activity assistant, and, and that is where I found my love of working with older adults and, of course, the caregivers, uh, the family members that uh, uh, come to visit them and, and care for them there. So it's uh, it's been a, it's been a wonderful journey. Well, we have an opportunity to welcome to our caregiver SOS on our hotline a, a longtime friend, a professional working in the field, Dr. Tova Rubin, a licensed psychologist, joins us. She is a, on the Washington D.C. area in Potomac, Maryland. Worked in a variety of settings, including public and private psychiatric hospitals, community mental health facilities, both inpatient and outpatient university counseling services, as well as in emergency rooms. Dr. Rubin is an expert in the emerging field of positive psychology. We can use a little of that right now. And has taught the science of positive psychology in the Honors College at University of Texas at San Antonio. She's regularly invited to give workshops and talk about positive psychology and mindfulness. Dr. Rubin moved to the D.C. area in 2015, opened a psychotherapy practice there, and currently uh, serves on the clinical faculty at George Washington University, where I got my law degree, and American University. Oh. <laughs> Oops, there she is. <laughs> Dr. Rubin is also a hospice volunteer and involved in grief and end-of-life issues, also facilitates a caregiver support group. Unfortunately, with that long intro, we have no time. Thanks, Tova. Bye-bye. Thanks for coming on. <laughs> Hey, it's great to talk with you. Thanks for joining Ron, us. It's great to hear your voice. It's been too long. Thank you so much for inviting me onto your program. Well, it's interesting because I really uh, I saw a little item about your new book, uh, Wisdom from the Couch, and uh, we'll talk about that, uh, collections from a clinical practice. But uh, I, I didn't realize you also uh, had experience in not only caregiving but trying to help those who are caring for Parkinson's disease uh, patients and working uh, really to help those who are just day in and day out fighting such a difficult battle to help uh, someone who's struggling with uh, whatever that issue may be as a care recipient. What got you to move into that area? You know, a, a little bit um, chance and then a little bit interest. When uh, when I moved up here to the D.C. area, I was looking for opportunities and um, 
there was a job opening to run a caregiver support group right across the street from my office. So that happened to be luck. And I signed up to do it. Little did I know that it would become such a powerful part and big part of my life. I've been running that group now for over four years. Uh, but also, um, I, I had some time on my hands when I moved up here while I was waiting to get my license to practice. And I became a hospice volunteer because I've always been very interested in um, really facing death uh, without the same kind of fears and avoidance that culturally we seem to practice in the West. Uh, I really find it really valuable to spend a lot of time talking about the inevitable uh, future that, that we're all going to face. I, I ran a COPD group um, that's uh, chronic pulmonary disease when I was in my training um, in grad school, and it was a group of people who were all on oxygen, and we really decided as a group it was time to plan our funerals and be ready when it came because it was going to come. And I found that such a powerful and empowering experience. So many people would hear that and think, oh, my God, you're kidding me. That sounds horrible. That sounds so depressing. But actually, it was incredibly empowering and uplifting for everybody involved. And so instead of sort of turning away from these kinds of issues, it's made me really turn toward them. And now you're out with a new book as well. Yeah, you know, my book is really a collection of um, clinical tools. You know, for years I've been in private practice and topics come up over and over and I find myself sort of saying to a client, you know, well, you know, this is how I like to say it. And so I started writing those into little essays. And so um, someone encouraged me to put those into a collection. So it's a collection of 40 essays about topics that seem to show up in just a regular private practice over and over again about how to deal with relationships with others, with ourselves, how to deal with toxic people, how to set good boundaries, um, how to take care of ourselves. I mean, in terms of caregiving, this really overlaps nicely when we talk about sort of being as nice to yourself as you are to others or learning how to say no, um, those kinds of things. I would hope that in those 40 chapters you have one on when good girls love bad boys. I think it's a lot about um, making sure we're taking care of our needs and not just other people's needs. So does uh, yes. that overlap? Yes, that's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then the science of positive psychology. What is that all about? Because, you know, the words make a lot of sense. Well, yeah, you know, there, there used to be, the field of psychology used to be about depression and about anxiety and about all the negative feelings and how to help people deal with them. And then... In the 80s, there was a revolution in the field, and, and people said, wait a minute, what if we use the same tools that we study depression, anxiety, bipolar disorder, to, to study people who are flourishing and people who are thriving and people who are happy in their life and learn a little bit about you know, ways to maximize our lives and not just focus on not having symptoms, but focusing on improving our lives. And it's not just um, getting to zero, but maybe working towards infinity. Well, in light so of, the uh, whole field of positive psychology emerged, and it's, it's a really great field. I go to a biannual conference every year with an uh, international conference where they're studying all the different ways people can live better. And you cover, the, you cover the hot topic of mindfulness. By the way, if you've just joined us, you're listening mm -hmm. to Caregiver SOS On Air. I'm Ron Aaron. Carol Zerniel on special assignment today. Tina Smith is our co-host filling in for Carol, and we're talking on the Caregiver SOS on air hotline with Dr. Tova Rubin. We tracked her down in Potomac, Maryland, where she works as a licensed mm -hmm. psychologist. Uh, before she moved out that way, she lived here in Washington, D.C. And as we take a look 
uh, Tina Smith, uh, at a time when you deal in your work for the uh, Cherub Foundation with so many people mm-hmm. who are impacted by COVID-19. We, we tell folks who are aging, who are caregivers, not to isolate. Don't stay in place. Get out, meet people. And now we're telling them, stay where you are. Don't go see anybody. Uh, and for them, Tina, that, that's got to be a real, real burden. Oh, oh, absolutely. I mean, caregiving, you know, as we've talked about before, is challenging in and of itself. But then you add the extra pressure of the the isolation and having to stay home and worrying about the um, the disease. It's it's even more stress. And so, um, you know, we we talk to caregivers all the time and about the importance of just just some of the things that you were talking about, Doctor Rubin, about taking care of themselves, about you know, connecting with other people. And 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 I guess a question for you is because we also talk about you know, positive thinking in a sense when it comes to the stress management. And so um, how do you, what do you share with caregivers? Because so often they get, you know, just so much going on, especially now it's it's hard to not focus on some of the negative things that are going on or, or that moment maybe they didn't mm-hmm. respond like they wanted to. And so they focus on that and it overshadows all of the good around them. How, you know, what kind of advice or what things have you told caregivers to to move away from that line of thinking because when you get that heavy thinking, of course, as you know, it just adds more stress to, to the caregiving. Yeah, it's re- you're asking a very essential question of you know how to deal with burnout when um, beforehand, before COVID, um, you know we worked so hard to help our caregivers have support in place, have breaks, have an opportunity to to take care of themselves, and then now mm-hmm. we've stripped away everything else and stripped away yeah. all their other supports and saying, now you're supposed to be able to take care of your loved one. And, uh, you know, people lose it and they have a bad day. They snap, they say something terrible because they're exhausted and spent and depleted. And then um, there's a lot of shame and guilt about that. Uh, one mm-hmm. of the things that I talk with a lot with clients about is, um, first of all, um, you know, really just trying to be gentle with yourself and knowing that you're human too. Um, what we're asking people to do is too much. It is. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I have some people who had round-the-clock caregivers coming to their homes, and now those people can't come anymore because they also work right. at nursing homes. You know, but so so they, they don't want to put their spouse at risk, so now they're doing all the medication. They're taking on changing the sheets when there's an accident. They're t- and, it, and it is too much. And so, mm-hmm. you know, you have to weigh the risk of, your mental health and ability to function versus the risk you're taking by allowing somebody into your home. Um, it's very hard. But, and another, another point, a deeper point, I would say, is that um, I think it's really important, even though I talk about positive psychology, um, that doesn't mean that we're supposed to always be happy every second. Um, quite mm-hmm. the contrary. I think what it really means is that we should feel what we feel wholeheartedly so that if we're feeling grief, um, that we've lost the support that seeing our grandchildren, let's say, because we don't want to put our partner at risk. So we're not seeing our, you know, that we're allowed to grieve that. And in fact, if we don't grieve that and we keep pushing that aside, then um, it's going to kind of blow up sideways. So giving ourselves permission to grieve and permission to feel all the painful feelings can actually uh, give us a little relief to even be able to savor and enjoy those moments when we're not suffering as much. 
Talk to me in just a couple of moments about the commonality of the issues that uh, you come across dealing with caregivers. It's not all cookie cutter, but there are issues that uh, certainly transcend whether you're caring for someone with Alzheimer's or someone with cancer or someone Mm -hmm. with Parkinson's. We'll do that in just a moment. I'm Ron Aaron. Caregiver SOS on air is where you just found us. Carol Zerniel, our co-host on special assignment today and filling in for Carol, Tina Smith, and our special guest Tova Rubin on our Caregiver SOS on air hotline. The WellMed Charitable Foundation would like to remind you it is important to stay connected while social distancing. Caregiver stress may be higher now, and specialists are available to talk with. There's no question that we are living in not normal times, but whether the new normal will be the old normal is yet to be seen. So if you are troubled, if you are feeling stressed, ask for help. Services are provided at no cost. See more at caregiversos.org. We are rocking and rolling here on Caregiver SOS On Air. I'm Ron Aaron. Carol Zerniel, our co-host on special assignment today, and Tina Smith is filling in for her, Dr. Tova Rubin, on our Caregiver SOS On Air hotline from uh, Potomac, Maryland. She's a licensed clinical psychologist in private practice. Her new book I just pulled up on the Internet, Wisdom from the Couch, a collection of life lessons from years of clinical practice. It is indeed available on Amazon and elsewhere, I am sure, Teaching the Science of Better Living is a subhead, and we're talking, uh, uh, Tina Smith, about the kinds of issues facing caregivers. Is life more difficult for them every day now because of COVID-19? Well, you know, it certainly has presented a, a number of challenges for a lot of caregivers. Uh, you know, they, they may not have the, the services, the adult daycare facilities to take their loved one or the in-home help. Uh, they may not be comfortable with that. So it certainly is presenting the challenges of uh, and just kind of exasperating maybe some of the stress that they might have been feeling. So, yes, I would say it's, it's especially challenging at this time for yeah. a lot of caregivers. You know, maybe I, may I add to that, that I, I feel like um, what I've seen a lot of is people are um, just so lost um, yeah. because they can't take care of their loved ones. So there's so much more fear. Beforehand, they were afraid that, you know, they're, if there's someone with Parkinson's, they're going to fall. Well, now if they fall, they're going to go to the hospital, and you're not going to be able to help them and take care of them and even see them. Mm-hmm. And so the fear has become exponentially greater, and people have even less a sense of control. And, I, you know, I'm just, I think the anxiety has gone on out, you know. And what do you say to people who, who find themselves in that situation? You know, I, I often say when, Life's going really bad, and you've got all these challenges. You've got a reason to be depressed. So the caregiver ends up being mm-hmm. depressed as well, right, Tova? Yes, yes. I mean, like, you know, if a caregiver doesn't take care of themselves, if they don't... Mm. I actually have a metaphor that I use a lot with caregivers when I, when I give a talk about it. And I say, it, you know, usually in the room people have like a glass of water or a water bottle. I said, hold your water bottle up. And they hold their water bottle up, and I say, okay, hold it up. Okay, you can't put it down. Just keep holding it. Just keep holding it. It gets heavier and heavier and heavier. And it gets actually to a point of not sustainable pretty darn quickly. But if you put it down for one second, even for one second, and pick it up again, it's as light as a feather. And so really the caregiver burden is like that. You have to put it down at least for a moment to recharge yourself, whatever that looks like. And it looks different for different people. For one person, it's doing Zumba online. For another person, it's listening to music. For another person, it's taking a long bath. Whatever it is that you do, you need to be able to put that burden down 
and to recharge, or you are going to really, really become just as ill as the person you're taking care of or more. You just gave Tina a great, uh, yeah, useful, a great metaphor. Yeah, yeah, in presentations. Yeah. Uh, as you as you listen to this, uh, I, I'd mentioned that mindfulness is like the hot topic everywhere you go. Uh, yeah. it, it suddenly has mm-hmm. become really important. And Tova, I think from what I understand from your experience, it is important. Yeah, you know, mindfulness is, you know, it's a way of talking about how we think um, and raising our awareness um, and being more intentional. So much of our life we go through kind of just reacting to what's going on around us. And right now we're reacting to COVID and we're scared all the time. But if we take a step back and actually say, wait a minute, I don't I don't have to just react to the world. I can actually make some, some more choices. I can uh, be more mindful. I can um, take time to breathe. Yeah, I, I like the metaphor of a snow globe that um, I'm actually holding in my hand right now because I always have one nearby me on my desk. And I'm shaking the snow globe, and all the snow is moving all around around, and that's what we're doing all day long. And if you want to see clearly what's inside that snow globe, what do you have to do? Let it all settle out. You have to put it down. you got to stop. Right. And that's what mindfulness is about. It's stopping long enough to get some clarity. Stopping includes breathing slowly, getting out of your fear brain and all the movement and busyness and really just focusing on the moment and the present because fear lies in the future and we can spend 90% of our time there, especially during COVID. You know, depression is often in the past, regrets and things we wish we'd done or hadn't done. But joy and happiness is always in the present. And so the more present we can be, and there's some tools I use with people when they're really, really lost in suffering with chronic pain where I say, okay, pick Everybody has different senses that are their favorite. Pick something. For some people, it's smell. Okay. You love the smell of vanilla or cinnamon. You have a candle. You're going to light that candle for 10 minutes. You're going to just smell that candle. Or music, if you're a very auditory person. Or some kind of soft touch, if you have a favorite sweater because you're very tactile. But something sensory, because sensory experiences are in the present. And they pull you to now. And they, pull, and they distract you from all those other places you can go. So mindfulness is really about becoming as present as possible, using as many senses as you can or as work for you, and individualizing it. And, and does that strategy work with the care recipient as well? Uh, you know, absolutely. Um, you know, for the Parkinson's patients, for example, or people who I work with with other chronic pain issues, um, I have a client who has severe COPD, you know, where breathing is hard. Um, we really do focus on trying to savor small things. Um, what we say is, what can you do to make your day 3% better? Not 20% better. Not good day versus bad day. But if there's some little teeny thing like having music while you're doing something or um, sending an email to a friend or, you know, or, or putting um, some kind of sweet dessert at the end of your meal... 3% better um, is still better. And we're just trying to move the needle. Tina, what do you think? Great. Well, I mean, I think that's, that's you know, fantastic because there's just so much out of our control. Just, you know, pre-COVID, mm-hmm. we had enough out of our control, but even we've got even more that's completely out of our control. And, and being mindful and taking those steps, making our day 3% better or deciding how you want to do that, that gives you a sense of control which is just so helpful. You know, it, it just kind of helps balance, balance the day. So I think, you know, that's it's so important. It's something that people need to practice, too. It's not something that I imagine is going to just come to them the first time they try, but just 
continuing to, to practice that mindfulness is, is just so important. Yeah, and Chova, yeah. go ahead, Chova, I'm sorry. Well, no, I was going to say, you know, a lot of people talk about gratitude and, um, you know, we know, of course, how important it is. But um, I think, you know, there's a step before gratitude because, you know, we can all say, well, everyone should focus on what they're really grateful for. At least it's not this. At least it's not that. But um, what I recommend and what I do with some of my clients um, and my own kids and myself <laughs> is um, we, we did make a list also of all the things that COVID has taken away from us, um, you know, and said, you know, okay, there was no prom. Okay, there was no summer camp. There was, these are things, and we're going to grieve these things before we do our gratitude, because otherwise the gratitude can feel a little bit like hollow, like you're just pushing yeah. away that feeling. So we made a list of the things that we lost, and, and we, we buried them, and we grieved them, and we took the time to appreciate that these are real, real losses, that this is a real experience that all of us are going through. And then in a weird way, it can sometimes bring you up to be able to be more available for gratitude feelings mm-hmm. for the things that remain or that you do have. As you think oh, about the, the impact of COVID-19, uh, the world in which we live, uh, what was the new normal, the old normal, and what is the new normal? Do we have any idea what the normal will be tomorrow? <laughs> Tina, do you want to go for it? Or you want me to <laughs> I wish I wish we could, you know, we had that crystal ball. Who knows what's, what's going to happen? I think things will certainly, certainly change. Um, but, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and, and I think there's a lot of silver linings, too around the COVID, I think, you know, more time with family, more, you know, more opportunities may have presented themselves because we've cut out, we've had to cut out all the other busyness expectations that we've had in our mind. And so, um, you know, hopefully we'll, I don't think things will be like they were. I think we will see some, some changes maybe within the families, family dynamics. I don't know. Mm-hmm. And in addition, you know, Ron, we, um, COVID-19, you know, as you said, it's a game changer. and We'll probably never go back to the way things were. But it's really, you know, it's important to, to remember that one of the most painful and difficult emotions to deal with is uncertainty. Mm-hmm. And so um, uncertainty creates anxiety, and anxiety um, really harms our body, puts us in fear brain. And so when you say, well, what's tomorrow going to bring? And when we spend a lot of time thinking about that or worrying about that, um, doing what we call fortune telling, nothing really productive or good comes from that. Uh, you know, unless you actually have answers and are making a plan, then it's really better to say, you know, I don't know, but this is what I do know I have control of today. You know, these are the things that I can control and kind of like the serenity prayer, you know, to let go of the things I can control and to, you know, the wisdom to know the difference. From the standpoint of the science of positive psychology, uh, how do you bring that to bear on folks who are feeling so out of sorts? You know, it's so important to try to stay connected any way that people can. I know that Zoom meetings or emails or phone calls do not do the same for us as person-to-person meetings, but... um, People must stay connected as much as possible. Uh, you know, I mean, it's just nothing replaces human contact. Even if it's virtual, it's better than nothing. So yeah. I just encourage people to, um, even if it means going out of their comfort zone a little bit, to just reach out to old friends, reach out to people they haven't talked to, reach out to groups, look on Facebook, look on Instagram, wherever it is that you can find people to connect with 
and just try to stay a little bit connected to the world and not so isolated. It was interesting, as you know, I've got uh, you've got nine hundred little kids. We have three, and, and uh, <laughs> we began the homeschooling in our home uh, just uh, mm-hmm. two days ago, and uh, the response of mm-hmm. our kids when they saw their classmates uh, up on uh, what, what is a Google Meet, it, it's the same as Zoom, mm-hmm. it was really interesting. Right. Oh, look, there's Chase, there's Nathan, there's Sue. Uh, and they made mm-hmm. a connection, like you were saying, Tove. It's clearly not the same as hugging, but it's a connection. Better than nothing, a lot better than nothing. Well, I want to thank you for coming on. It's amazing how fast time goes by for your book, Wisdom uh, from the Couch Collection of a Clinical Practice. Who's your audience? Who should buy that book? You know, it's really in the self-help genre. Uh, but what I try to do is make it very non, um, non-clinical non and not very, um, uh, you know, people, it's sort of like the chicken soup for the soul, but I think people, but really much more practical, everyday things. What The feedback that I've received that meant a lot to me was that, you know, it really, these are really useful lessons that um, you don't really hear people talk about that much. Like, like how, you know, like how to have, try to have a healthy relationship with a toxic family member and really delving into um, what does and doesn't work. So, you know, I hope, my hope is that people find it, you know, practical. The essays are fun because it's just, they're short. Perfect. So you can read one, you know, one every night, and there's at the end a try this exercise. Um, so it gives people a, a chance to deepen the, the learning and a little mantra that they can use. I got to stop you so, right there. Um, got to yeah. stop you. We are flat out of time. Dr. Tova Rubin, thank okay. you so much. Tina Smith, I'm Ron Aaron. You've been listening to Caregiver SOS on air. You've been listening to Caregiver SOS On Air, an exclusive presentation of the WellMed Charitable Foundation. We welcome emails with suggestions and comments on this program at radio at wellmed.net. Join co-hosts Carol Zerniel and Ron Aaron next week for more on caregiving, improving the health and well-being of caregivers and their care recipients everywhere. For more on caregiving and podcasts of our programs, visit caregiversos.org.